This is Web Suasion Conversation, episode 26. Welcome to the show. I am Ryan Williams, president and founder of the Web Suasion Group and Kapoka Studios here at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia. Today on the show, we have Alan Waters of Amada Senior Care, one of the fastest growing home care provider companies in the United States. They are focused on serving aging and disabled adults who elect to remain in the privacy and comfort of their own homes. Alan's going to talk to us about he and his wife buying into an Amada franchise and the ins and outs of the home care field. Senior home care is a very complicated field, and Alan has a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge that he can share with his clients about what Medicare does and doesn't cover, why they need long-term care, how the process works, and that's true of a lot of technical industries. One of your biggest challenges is often communicating complicated information to your prospects. One of the things we do here at Kapoka Studios is we develop an ongoing informational series of videos for entrepreneurs to help them educate their clients and engender the KLT, the no like trust factor in their social media feeds. Videos are also a great way to reinforce your search engine optimization If you're already writing articles out there and posting it to your website to drive traffic to your site, if you end up talking about that same information in a video, then you get a double whammy from that. You'll get search results for both the video on YouTube and in search results on Google. If you're in the Atlanta area and you have a highly technical field that you would like to communicate better to your clients, give us a call. 404-418-418. 8909 extension 10 is my extension that's ryan williams it's websuasion.com w-e-b-s-u-a-s-i-o-n.com we look forward to hearing from you so now let's talk to alan waters Alan, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So tell me about your background. Where did you grow up? Grew up here locally, uh, Riverdale, College Park area, South Atlanta, and then went to school here. Ended up going to play football at Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. And I was a member of the 1990 National Championship team. And then uh, got into some different sales backgrounds. But the one that really came to heart was pharmaceutical sales. Okay. I started with a pharmaceutical company out in Dallas, Texas, then moved here in 2009. I was with them from 2001. And uh, got a promotion, moved back home to Georgia. And uh, at that time is when things started to develop as far as my caring for seniors and really diving deep into what we could do better for our seniors. Caught on every single nursing home in the state of Georgia. With the pharmaceuticals, were you doing stuff that was more drugs for elderly it patients, was. like Alzheimer's and stuff and like it, that? It was a broad range. Uh, one of them was as an antidepressant, okay. and then the other one was a new medication uh, that came out for Alzheimer's. So that was really geared toward the senior living right. uh, or seniors uh, mm-hmm. into into the nursing homes. A lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, but also right. you know the memory loss and cognitive issues and things like that. At what point did you decide to get out of pharmaceuticals? Loved what I did. I was more of a consultant to the medical directors and the staff of nursing homes, but there was always like this empty feeling, you know, it's like, man, I wish 
I could do more for our seniors. So I'd say about 2009, 2010, it started weighing on me. So I just started researching the different things I could do. Within and, that uh, range. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, during that time, my wife and I had found a modest senior care. It is a franchise uh-huh. and started researching and you know, vetting out process for both parties. Right. For them with us and us for them. A lot of conversations, weekly conversations, sometimes two hours each. And then visitations to California where they started and them coming out here. So it was a very long vetting out process. And the more we spoke with them, it just, it was the right fit. And they're national? They are national, yeah. Okay, so they, they started out in California and then branched right. out from there. So how many uh, different franchises are in Georgia right now? There's two right now, myself and another one Okay, up in the Buford-Lanier area. And you guys are in the Marietta-Cobb area? Right, currently? focusing mainly on Atlanta, Okay, uh, especially the northern part, so like I-20 North. Awesome, awesome. Right. So you guys got into the franchise thing. I mean, do you want to talk about that process? I mean, I know you went back and forth to California a lot right. to vet it, but... Was it an expensive buy-in? Like, what kind of things did you learn in that process? It's uh, it's 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 very exciting, but also scary at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah, an investment, right? Major investment, yeah. uh, and it's it's one of these things you're. Like I said, you're excited to, to start your own business, and but you're also scared to start your right. own business. So there was a lot of a lot of things going on, and and uh, yeah, my wife and I we persevered. Uh, it's at times it's made us grow apart, but then it's made us stronger, <laughs> as you can imagine. So you hadn't run a business yourself up to that point. No, is, I had not. This is the first. How long have you guys been doing it now? Uh, five years. Five years. Right. So if you could go back and do anything a little differently about how you started it, was is there anything you would do? Uh more patience. <laughs> well, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but it's, it's hard because you're wanting to achieve so many things. There's just never enough time in a day right. to, to see enough folks and to not only really tell our story, but share with folks how we can differentiate ourselves and uh, and really truly be a resource for not only like social workers, case managers, nurses that are referring families to agencies right. like ourselves, but also to these families. So is it a really crowded market? Oh, very crowded. Yeah. I think last time I checked, there was over 1,500 home care agencies wow. just in the state of Georgia. So what do you think really sets you guys apart? I'd say the biggest thing, I mean, we all got caregivers. They all pretty much do the same thing, but it comes down to the quality and the training. Yeah. Um, but really the differentiator for us is we're the specialists when it comes to being an advocate for long-term care insurance. So if families okay. have long-term care insurance, we help those families process their claims, help them understand really what's in that policy, what it may or may not cover. Gotcha. And then the other thing that separates us is we take more of a holistic approach. We don't just do private home care. We also do what's called senior housing placements. My wife focuses on that. Okay. Really becomes more like a real estate agent, you know, finding right. out the care needs, what the budget is, what the geography, where they may want to live. And then she'll narrow it down to maybe two or three locations and, and help these families go tour the facility. Uh-huh. Um, or the personal care home and uh, and make sure it's a right fit. I think a lot of people make the assumption that Medicare is going to cover right. a lot of these kind of costs and then they get down that road and find out, no, it doesn't. Exactly. So what's the deal with Medicare and you know what do they cover, what do they don't? What, right, what, what, right. Basically, the private pay is going to be for home care. In the state of Georgia, home care is what my agency does, mm-hmm. and that's more about round the clock. It's not just in and out, 45-minute to an hour interval type thing a couple days a week. It's more of like being an extension of the family. Right. So our caregivers can help families with like eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring, incontinence care. They can help with running errands. We pride ourselves on an exercise program uh-huh. where we're helping the individual continue to live as independent as possible but safely. We don't want to come in and take over. 
Yeah, uh, we yeah. want that individual still doing as much as they can, you know, getting from the bedroom to the bathroom, to the living room, to the kitchen. And that's the fear a lot of times with these seniors are like, oh my gosh, if I bring someone out, I'm going to lose my total independence. Right. And, and all the data shows opposite. The sooner someone comes in, it can help them maintain a healthier lifestyle they stay independent longer. Right, right. And then going back to what you said, like what Medicare covers, they cover more of like hospital stays. Right. Say they had to go to a hospital, uh, stay three nights or longer, that would be a qualifying stay. Yeah. Then they most likely would go to a skilled rehab. The pros and cons of that is the pros is you're in a safe place. You're getting right. three meals a day and you're getting physical therapy, occupational therapy, things like that. The downside is it's always tied to a long-term care. Right. So they're seeing a lot of depression, a lot of these other episodes. It's not just a, a short-term uh, rehab, uh, even though that's what they're there for. Right. So when they go to leave there, normally that's about two or three weeks, depending on the, the condition of why they're there. Yeah. And then it's about transitioning back home. And uh, when that happens, then Medicare will pay for what's known as home health in the state of Georgia. And that's more the physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, okay. some wound care, things like that. Okay, so there are some things maybe that that it would care that absolutely that you guys could absolutely and, and we that. like to you know partner with those those agencies. Mm-hmm. We totally believe that families to to tap into the, the resources that insurance or Medicare will pay for. Right, use those as much as possible and use us as more of the around the clock or extra care. Yeah, uh, but you know Medicare would also pay for like what's called palliative care and then also hospice uh, and then some DME durable medical equipment uh, as well. And do you assist in the hospice a- aspect of things, or is it mostly the? Yeah, we we do because that's the other thing is a lot of the misperception is hospice is means end of life. I mean, it it kind of does, but there's a lot more that gets involved with that. Right. Um, but still, they're coming in maybe two, three times a week, helping out with a you know bathing or showering something like that, and they're right. only helping that individual for that short amount of time. So that's where we come in and assist more around the clock, even up to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So is there a minimum of how much you know you have to start out with, how much time? Yes, yeah, good question. Every agency varies. Ours is five hour minimum shifts with at least three days a week. Okay. And the reason for that is all about continuity and consistency. Right. You know, I don't wanna overpromise. And you know, if I ask families, you know, how many caregivers would you like to have? And they kind of look puzzled, like, what do you mean? I want the same one every time. Right. Well, the reality is that caregiver is not going to just go for a couple hours here, you know, especially being in traffic 45 minutes an hour in Atlanta right. <laughs> area. The more hours that a family can commit, the easier it is to find a caregiver that because that's what they want. Lock they them want, in for that. Yeah. Exactly. They want long hours and anybody would, you know, and that's, yeah. that's one of the challenges that faces our industry today is um, these caregivers it's like we need them more than they need us and it's because there's such a huge shortage out there right and it's just part of the logistics that we try to put together like i I lightheartedly tell families i'm just a glorified matchmaker right and the more information i can gather from families we're talking about since there is a lot of you know time together Uh it's not just about care needs it's also about personalities as far as the training goes is that something that the franchise actually some of the training for the staff is that something that comes from that or is that something that you do it's a, it's a, it's a combination. So we hire certified nursing assistants, they're known as CNAs, okay. to perform the task and duties. Uh, that's a, a certification they have to get, just like a licensed practical nurse, LPN or RN. Okay. So there's different levels. So that's kind of the basic training. So I think it's like 80 hours of classroom and then also clinicals actually being into like skilled rehabs and performing some of these right. uh, tasks and responsibilities that they do. But there's always ongoing training. 
You know, gotcha. we can always improve. The biggest one is, you know, making sure they're comfortable with transferring an individual. Right. It's amazing what some of these smaller caregivers, these ladies can lift and yeah. by using proper body mechanics yeah. and things like a gait belt, you know, things like that. And it's, it's amazing what they can lift safely, right. protect them as well as the, the client. So as far as your own business development, what are you finding that's working most for you? I mean, you mentioned kind of earlier some of the referrals you get from other nurses and things like that. But right. What, what kind of connections are you usually looking for? For me personally, since we specialize in long-term care insurance, mm-hmm. uh, I work with a lot of long-term care insurance agents. Right. And we want to be that trusted resource. You know, they've done the right thing by helping families. Uh yeah get this investment to help them in that time of need. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of misperception about, you know, it's so expensive, it's so expensive. Well, like I tell families, what's the alternative? Right. If you don't have this, what's the cost out of pocket? And, and what it really yeah. does is it, it opens the door to options. Whereas if you don't have long-term care insurance, your options are You're basically limited and, to yeah, what's, yeah. what you have in your bank account. Right, right. Absolutely. So those, and then uh, like I was mentioned before, like, case managers in hospitals, social workers and, and nurses into the skilled nursing facilities, uh-huh. calling on them and, and sharing with them valuable information as to like I said, what our caregivers can do because there's there's still a lot of misperception in the industry yeah. as to who plays what kind of role and how we all can work together to, right. to help those families stay independent at home. I'm sure some of this comes from your pharmaceutical background, but how are you finding your way into making those connections? How are you, is it cold calling? Or are you? It's, yeah, because I mean, it's, it's, um, you, you, it's just it's just repetitive and consistency. Yeah, you know you, you've got to be there, out of sight, out of mind. You yeah. Know? So if you're not there, then and those opportunities come out, and say uh, one of our competitors was in there, and it's, it's fresh on the on those individuals' mind. Refer to them. Yeah. It, exactly. So it's a lot of times it's it's being there on a weekly basis, or at least every other week, and just like I said, just constantly reminding them and. You know what I try to do is is bring them some some educational materials. You know something different than just dropping off a pen or a pad like the the old right. pharmaceutical days. You're literally stopping by and and right. checking in on people on a pretty Absol- consistent basis. Absolutely. How about networking events and stuff? Has that been beneficial to you at all? It it has, uh, especially getting the name out there, yeah. Model Senior Care, and then also like I said, with us being unique in the fact that we. I think we focus a lot on, you know, uh, long-term care insurance agents, yeah. uh, estate planners, you know, people like that, because they know, unfor- unfortunately, but we're the affluent, you know, yeah. people that have money that can afford our services. Because right, right now, like we mentioned before, in traditional insurance and Medicare doesn't doesn't pay for these services. Right. Yeah. Uh, and very few, you know, we don't accept Medicaid vouchers. There are agencies out there that do, but we just chose not to go that route. Gotcha. And And the main reason for that is just they dictate the price. And it's already tough enough for us to staff as it is. Yeah. So if they've got it at such a low price, then that means the caregivers barely make a minimum wage. And we, we choose to pay our caregivers on the higher end of what the state or what the city is. Right. Yeah. And then you can hold on to them longer. And, we know. hope. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the plan is to you know, put more money in their pocket. And, and, um, and then you know, they've got bills to pay. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of being that matchmaker. You know, not only do I want to you know, help the client uh, with their goals, but also want to help these caregivers with their goals, you know, making sure they can pay their bills, giving them enough hours, but also giving them training or even helping them through their career. You know, if, if they don't want to remain a caregiver or CNA and they want to you know, progress and become a nurse, right? being that agency or that employer that can help them along the way. Is that a good stepping stone to becoming a, a registered nurse? Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what do you think the reason is a lot of uh, that you have such a, a, a deficit 
in uh, caregivers right now? One, one of the big Hard reasons. Work or is it, yeah. I think it is. I think it's also a change in our country. Yeah. I mean, and I hate to blame it on the millennials, but it's just, look, every parent's always wanted to provide more than what they had growing up for their children. Right. And I think it's just, we're all a product right now of having more than what we probably our parents had. Right. And, you know, the, the greatest generation ever, they came through the depression. I mean, these guys and ladies, they worked their butts off. They saved. The, the idea of someone helping them is, is kind of scared to them. Right. And they never thought they'd be in this situation. So then you look at, what, three, four generations later, and you have the younger ones trying to take care of them. It really takes someone special, uh, heart-wise, to yeah. be a caregiver. It's not just one of the things you just show up and, and go through the emotions. Yeah. You know, something like that. I, I think the other thing is obviously money, yeah. you know, the, the amount of money they earn. That's why we try to help them with, with more. Uh, like I so said, I know we pay our caregivers uh, higher than most agencies, but we also charge more. Right. You know, and, and, I, and I pride our, uh, our agency on that is because this is an industry where, you know, competition usually means better pricing and, and better right. for, for, the, for the client. It doesn't work that way in this case because the person that gets hurt the most is the caregiver. Right. And they're the ones performing the duties every day, really right. with, you know, put, putting their bodies at risk, you know, injury with knees, hips, back, things like that. And, uh, and with the economy being best, better than we've seen in, in our lifetime, they've got other options now, right. you know, even in other industries. And, you know, that's what I share with other home care agency owners is we got to quit undercutting each other. Yeah. Because when it happens, it goes back to we're hurt, really hurting the caregiver. And they're going to leave. And, and yeah. they're leaving for other industries and other opportunities, which you can't blame them. Yeah. Are there any kind of network groups or anything that promote to people who would be coming into that industry and like kind of try to foster um, that? I don't know of any offhand right now as far as trying to help, you know, foster yeah. you know, more caregivers. You know, there's, there's CNA schools out there and vocational schools that I'm sure are calling on high schools. You know, but at that point, they know, they even know it's available at that point if they're going to school. Right. So like, I, want, I wonder how you get to those people. Yeah. And, and a lot of times what you find is in, in this industry, whether it's a long-term care insurance agent or a caregiver, mm -hmm. they've gone through this themselves. Yeah. And that's when they find out when there's been a calling exactly, and, and something special in their heart, you know, and, and when in our interview process, that's what we're trying to find out. We're trying to dig deep into their family history right? and, you know, to explain to us what made you want to be a caregiver because it's not an easy job. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough job. It's very challenging on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, especially if you're dealing with people with cognitive issues, mm -hmm. one day they're good, next day may not be so good. Right. And there's right. a lot of agitation, a lot of aggression, a lot of frustration that goes on. So finding ways to distract it, them. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so what are you looking forward to moving forward? Just growing our business, not only in the Atlanta market, but helping the franchise out uh -huh. uh, nationwide. The good thing is they don't want to be so big that everybody's just so crowded and yeah. on top of each other as far as the franchisees. They want us to be as independent as possible, but use them more as a, as a resource, which is what really drew us to them. It's not a cookie cutter industry. Right. So they're there for support. But for us, uh, you know, personally here locally is just to, to be the best we can be. And, you know, there's going to be hiccups regardless of what industry you're in. In our industry, we know they're known as like service failures, but it's uh -huh. how you react and respond to those. So we always want to be able to proactively, you know, be on top of any issues that might be coming. Like I tell families, like, I can't do anything about what I don't know about. Right. So please be honest, not only with yourself, but with me. And if it's a personality issue, 
it may just be a coaching a time for us to bring an individual in and coach them. As we mentioned, the shortage, I tell families, I'm not firing anybody if I don't have to. Right. And a lot of times that's the fear. They're afraid if they say something that they're going to be responsible that a caregiver got fired. And like I said, we, we don't fire somebody just because someone don't like someone. Right. You know, a lot of times we may have to shift them to another client where it's a better fit. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, right now you're Cobb, you're looking to expand. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think you're ever, like how many franchises would you take on at any point? Uh, we're, we're about to take on our second one, possibly a third. But the good thing about this is we're not locked in. Okay. Um, and that's why, you know, we could service the south part of Atlanta here in you know, Fayette County, Henry County, because it's considered open. Yeah. Nobody, um, nobody's got one franchise exactly, down here right Exactly. Now. So uh, we don't really look at it, you know, as far as territory, unless we're kind of asked about it. I mean, we are yeah. legally bound to, to certain zip codes. Right. But for the most part, where my focus is, is it's kind of like a triangle. It's like up 85, uh-huh. 285 west, up 400, gotcha. take 92 west over to 75 and down. But like I tell many folks is, now that we're taking on the second one, it's if you're in the heart of Atlanta, we'll service an hour within that area. So, do you have restrictions on where you can market to based on that region? Like, so with Facebook or anything like that, if, or mailers no. or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, no, no real restrictions. Uh, it's only when, like, if the, the other franchise was mentioning up in the, the Buford area, yeah, we don't tend to go up in there uh, and they don't tend to come down in here, but right. we work close together. So, like, if I got a referral, uh-huh. you know, say out of one of the hospitals in Atlanta and they live up in that area, we still do the intake. We still act like we're going to be the ones servicing it, but we worry about handing that off to the Amada, uh, Amada Lanier is the name of that one. Gotcha. Uh, and we, we give them all the information that we've gathered. And a lot of franchises aren't like that. Well, do you get any financial benefit out of doing that? Or is it just, he does the same for you? It's, it's, gonna... it's, yes, it's more of that. It's doing the right thing. But I think, you know, to the referral source, mm-hmm knowing that we took that referral and took yeah. care of it instead of bringing, oh, well, that's not my territory. You need to call so-and-so. Right. It's, that's how we benefit is like, regardless if it's ours, we're still going to get it to the right folks. Yeah. And that's what we tell them. It's like, look, don't worry about who you call. Just call us. And then we'll worry about the logistics on the back end because yeah. we believe in the same thing. And like, so most franchises, there's either so much competition, they don't care for each other, so to speak. So right. they refer, and we're, we just chose to be a different model uh, from the get-go. And so the, the, the more we work together, the better it helps the brand, the better it helps us. Right. Um, sometimes we may have to call on each other for caregivers. We may not have a caregiver in a certain area, and at least we know that they vetted these same folks out to the same like values that we have. Right. And it's it's a way of you know feeding off of each other and helping each other out. Well, Alan, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see video clips from these interviews. We usually post about 10 to 12 a week of each episode, and they're great for you to share around to your clients across LinkedIn and Facebook to keep yourself top of mind. Just go to our website, websuasion.com, W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N.com. 
And at the top, you will see links to social media. Third from the right is the YouTube link. Click on that. You'll go to our channel. Click on the subscribe button and the bell icon, and you will be notified every time we post a new video. Next week on the show, we have Brandon S. Verner, a CPA and an Atlanta native who specializes in accounting systems and consulting, as well as corporate and personal income tax. Brandon is an active member of the Georgia Society of Certified Public Accountants and the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. He is a past president of the North Perimeter Chapter of the Georgia Society of CPAs and has served on the board of directors of the State Society. We look forward to that and we hope you'll join us. Until then, have a productive work week. <laughs>